0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop, and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. We have an absolutely remarkable set of readings placed before us today on this second Sunday of Advent, beginning with our first reading, which was a shocking outburst when it was first proclaimed and heard. We don't know the one whose human hand composed and wrote those words. They're in the book of Isaiah, and they are very much in the spirit of Isaiah the prophet But Isaiah of Jerusalem was dead about 200 years when these words in his same spirit were put together. Isaiah of Jerusalem, the one for whom that great book of scripture is named, proclaimed an oracle of judgment to a wealthy kingdom that its wealth would pass. Because of its wickedness, because of its unfaithfulness, that just in a sense like Adam and Eve given everything in the garden, the disobedience and the faithlessness and the turning of one's back on the Lord would would in the end bring everything crashing down. And that is exactly what happened to Israel. Everything came crashing down, the nation was destroyed, the temple was destroyed, and many of the people were exiled far away into Babylon. Some 200 years after Isaiah prophesied and after his warnings came to pass, all of a sudden someone sharing the same prophetic mission all these years later spoke to those who were experiencing the consequences of the original prophet's judgment and words. And so imagine this, into the land of exile, into a people and a race and a nation that has nothing of its greatness left. These words suddenly echo out, comfort. Give comfort to my people. And the exquisite poetry of this back part of the book of the prophet Isaiah has long been referred to as the book of consolation. And it is absolutely remarkable because this is spoken to a people who had no obvious reason for hope of any kind. Everything had broken. Everything had crashed down. They were exiled. And suddenly, into their captivity, a word of freedom is spoken. Into their pain, an announcement of healing is spoken and delivered. Into their woundedness, suddenly, with this curious, divinely inspired eloquence, there is a word of deliverance and that something is moving and it's near at hand. It is a surprising message, a mighty message, a message the people themselves struggled to hear and struggled to believe. And yet there was something about the power of this prophecy that lodged in the hearts of the people, that helped them to realize this is more than wishful thinking, that this is not escapism This is not just wishing things were better. This is knowing that there is a way that things will be better. And it doesn't begin with human activity. It begins with divine activity. And so there is an announcement now that the Lord is doing something. Not long after these words are proclaimed, the exile of Israel does come to an end. Freedom is possible again. It is possible to settle in the land and these words of make straight the paths of the Lord have a double meaning. It is make straight the pathways of your heart that you might move toward him. But it was also quite literally be ready to move on newly made roads back home. What a marvelous and wondrous message that is. It's a message that echoes with a tremendous strength. The language of what is going to change, one almost anticipates the Lord to appear, sword and shield in hand, ready to overthrow the enemies. And yet suddenly, what do we hear? He will come like a shepherd. And with patience and gentleness, he will gather his flock to himself but a patience and a gentleness that are not weakness, but are in fact the very strongest and mightiest of things. For the Lord doesn't need violence to bring freedom to his people. and The Lord doesn't need to be destructive to care for his people. It's a remarkable image. And it is placed before us today because we see that as powerful as that prophecy and its original effects were, there is something about it that looks even beyond that great moment. Even greater than Israel being able to return home, even greater than this call and this promise of comfort and consolation, is what will happen several hundred years later. And again, it is announced by something surprising and shocking, because not long after this great disciple of original Isaiah prophesied in an inspired way and his words were incorporated to the original prophecy, the time of the prophets came to an end. And for some 300 years, there were no publicly recognized prophets who truly spoke the divinely inspired word in Israel. And imagine that. Century after century, there had been prophets. Century after century, there had been those who claimed to be prophets and really weren't. And there were those truly inspired prophets who spoke truly and boldly to the people. And then suddenly, The nation is left only with those who claim to be prophets, but really weren't. And it was a time when false messiahs began presenting themselves, announcing that I am the one who was sent. I am the one who was promised. Promising a false salvation based on human self-assertion. And there was this period of silence of the prophetic word until the day the silence was broken. That is what we have in our gospel reading today. After the long silence, suddenly we hear a voice booming out of the desert. And it is the voice of John the Baptist. A voice that breaks the long silence that numbs itself into thinking the promise is for somebody else the promise, the fullness. We've waited for it so long, we don't even know what it is anymore. Hearts had fallen asleep. The ability to hope and look up had grown dormant. And suddenly there's a voice, much like that voice of the disciple of Isaiah, booming out of nowhere, booming into futility, booming out of a desert note how literally it fulfills what we hear in our first reading. The voice of one crying out in the desert. And so it is, we now meet the voice. And his name is John the Baptist. John the Baptist steps out of the desert, raises his voice and wakes up slumbering mankind. And what is his message? It's a simple one. As mighty as my voice is, there is one who is greater, whose arrival is at hand. And so he calls, and why does he call? To stir up the hearts of those who did not know how to look forward anymore, to remind them that now is the time, and now is the moment, And that the promise of salvation is not for somebody else, it's for you. What a remarkable moment that is. It's a moment that brings to fulfillment what we hear in our second reading of the patience of God. Who is never quick and rash to act because that's how man acts and that's how we get ourselves in trouble we are frustrated we're in a hurry we want something to be done and even if we don't know the right thing to do oh we're going to do something and time and time again we act in our rashness and do no more harm than good even though we flatter ourselves as having the best of intentions the lord is not like that And we hear that the slowness that we perceive from the Lord is at the service of actually our salvation. Because he wants to give the heart of man time to recognize the truth about itself. He wants to give the heart of man time to face the truth about itself. He wants to give the heart of man time that in knowing and seeing the truth, he begins to respond. And what is the response? We recognize who it is that we truly need. And so it is here that we have something of the very essence of what it is to be healed, to be rescued, and to be saved. And it's not merely a matter of the Lord making the pain go away. It's a matter of the Lord being patient. Because in the hardship that we experience in the world that we've made for ourselves, the point is not punishment. The point is recognizing that we've brought this on ourselves. And therefore, we need somebody else. If all I want is the pain to go away, I still haven't faced the fact that I need somebody. Note how wonderful that is. Because the Lord isn't looking to simply heal us and stop the hurting if that means we simply wander back to making the same mistakes over and over again because we'll just wound ourselves all over. Rather, he waits so that the people can recognize, so that the sinner recognizes that's the truth of me. The point is not to feel bad about that the point is to recognize then I, need, then I know what I need to do, which is I need to turn to the one who can forgive me. I need to turn to the one who can set me right. And so it is that the Baptist cries out in the desert and his voice comes to the heart because it rings with truth, divine truth. We are all fallen. We are all sinners. We all need saving and let's be honest the word salvation implies that somebody's in danger and that's us the human heart is in danger the world is in danger that's what it means to say we need saving if everything's basically good what do we need saving from and so this honest voice cuts through all the false pieties of the day cuts through all those ways where we make ourselves comfortable in the wrong way. It strikes the heart. And what do we see? We see this great number of sinners coming forward because that's who God calls. We never hear in the scriptures that God calls the saints to himself, but we do hear is that he calls the sinner to himself. He calls the wounded. He calls the broken. He calls that one who knows I need somebody to himself because that's who he's come for. The Lord doesn't call saints to himself. He calls sinners to himself, and then he makes them saints. Note the difference. It does no good to say, I'll turn to the Lord when I become better because the honest truth is I'm never good enough if that's my standard. But if I say I can come to the Lord because I need him, I'm already good enough to approach him because I just need to move. How marvelous that is. And so we have in front of us this remarkable series of readings that say we who wait for the Lord to return We who wait for the Lord to come to us must also be reminded of our need for him and what it is that we really hope for from him. And the church gives us this powerful voice of John the Baptist, these beautiful words of the disciple of Isaiah to quicken our hearts to that degree of honest expectation. I long for the Lord because the truth is I need the Lord. I look for the Lord because the truth is I need His goodness. My own goodness doesn't get me very far. But His, His will save me. How powerful that is and how important, however, that message of John the Baptist is in its fullness. Again, we come back to that. There is one greater than me who is coming after me. And in speaking that way, John the Baptist shows us the very essence of what it is to be a man or a woman of God. John the Baptist is the voice, but a voice without a word is just noise. John the Baptist is the voice, but a voice with nothing good to say is empty. The real value and the real quality of the voice is the word that it announces. John the Baptist is that voice completely at the service of the word who becomes flesh, Jesus Christ. I, make a noise, that you might hear the word. And he will come, and he will not shout. He will come, and he will not beat his chest on the street corner saying, I am the one. Oh, but he will come. And he will come to the fallen, and the wounded, and the lost, and the weak, and he will heal them. I am the voice, the Baptist says. And I call to wake you up. I baptize you with water to splash it across your face, and bring you to attention. Oh, but there is one who's coming, whose baptism is greater than mine, who is the word of whom my voice is at the service. And in speaking that way, John reminds us that beautiful message of consolation that Isaiah's disciple proclaimed and announced some 500 years earlier finds its fullness in that one, who brings the human heart back home from its exile in this sin-fallen world to a true and eternal homeland whose goodness will have no end. And how wonderful that we can hear all of that today in this place. Because however wounded, however broken, however imperfect, however indifferent we can be, he's going to be right here. And every time we celebrate Mass, there's a moment at this altar when John the Baptist speaks, not to Israel of old, but to everybody present here because there will be a moment when I hold up the body and blood of Christ before your eyes. And when I speak, I am going to quote John the Baptist, the voice. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. We do that every time, because the church wants to call to its children, look up, wake up and see your salvation is not tomorrow, it's today. The one who was promised is here, come forward. Then when you stretch out your hands, then when you open your mouth to him, know to whom it is you are doing that and know just who and what you are receiving. What a great gift this really is. And note how all of this in his own way is a very real dress rehearsal for that moment when Christ will come to take away all that afflicts this world. That moment is not here yet, but the moment of Christ coming to us is here today. How beautiful, how wonderful that is. And Advent is the season where the church calls us to wake up, to look up, and to rediscover what it is to hope for the very best of things. And hoping for the best things is also to hope in that one who is the very best of persons, the Lord, the one who indeed will save us. And so the words of the prophet Isaiah are fulfilled here even as we hear them. Comfort, give comfort to my people and I will heal them says the Lord. Amen.